everybody. Hello, hello. Here we are. Here we are. Welcome to our first boss bitch of 2018. That's right. Right? Yeah. Lost, no. First yeah? lost boss bitch. First lost boss. That's right. You know, fuck we had guys. A boss. We had a living one. We had a, a live one. Mm-hmm. Angela these, Sanchez. These are dead. Magic. Uh-huh. How about that? You got you your fill of some magic? Magic you hire history. Briss. Yeah. Birthday party. <laughs> Please hire her for your breath. 50th party, 60th party. I hope you're having an adult breath. You've just decided (laughs) that you want to get circumcised. Cut that foreskin off. Get that shit out of there. New year, new you. Yeah. New I skin. Think I think you should. Anyway, that's a, that's our Angela Sanchez blog. <laughs> God. She's lovely. We love her. We love her. She's great. If mm-hmm. you haven't listened to it, give it a listen yeah. because um, the amount of magic information she has is astounding. Holy God. And if you want, you know what? If you email me, I will send you her dissertation. Yes. <laughs> On the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide that dissertation right into your DMs. Ding. Yep. Um, so yeah, how are you, Rebecca? I'm okay. I am okay. I'm hanging the fuck in there. After this, after we record this, I'm going to see a life coach. Oh. So I guess that is an indicator of where I am at. You know, I feel like it means you're doing well because... Yeah, I'm getting it together. Yeah, you're moving (laughs) it forward. Doing my darndest. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be good. I'm going to really keep it together i'm gonna get visualization i it's she does a lot of visualization Mm -hmm. she's worked with some celebrities it's not heidi rose robbins is it no should i know that person she's a numerologist that tells people how to get their shit together i want to go see her but i I think she's like obscenely expensive (laughs) i'm sure they all are this one was like 500 dollars. really yeah i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna make five million dollars so it it all That's works right. out. Exactly. She's going to help me get even more successful. So we'll see um, how many gemstones I walk out of there with. <laughs> figure it out. I will update y'all. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. know all about it. And mm-hmm. if I need to shell out 500 bucks to get her to tell me how to, how to get it all together. Right? No. Someone, they were, someone, I found her on this women's group on Facebook. <laughs> someone was like really depressed, like listless, trying to get my life together. And then this other woman posted the life coach uh-huh. thing. And she could not stop singing this woman's praises. She really? Was like, it changed my life. It changed my life. Like she was like, I went through this breakup. This guy like betrayed me. I couldn't forgive him. Like my career, like she was just talking about how this woman just like turned it the fuck around. And she was like, I finally like my outlook on life is totally different. I forgave everyone. Like she was like, I feel like, a weight has been lifted off of me. Oh man, uh-huh. I want to. I want her to change <laughs> no, my life. No, and I was like, whatever. What money do you need? Yeah, take it all. To. Oh, so we'll see how it goes. All right, let me know. I will. I definitely will. Um, I my parents came to visit this mm-hmm. week, this past weekend, and I was at Trader Joe's buying some pastel roses, mm-hmm. as you do, mm-hmm. and the woman. The cashier said, oh, these are so pretty. I said, thanks. I'm buying them so my parents think my life is together. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Like, no, they were like, we we see through these roses. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, you got roses. What's wrong? <clears throat> so, yeah. They didn't buy it. Ugh. Yeah. Parents in town. And they stay with you, right? They do. That's also intense. Yes. Having anybody stay with you is an, in, is an intense experience. And my parents do their, their best to be... Um, you know, very low maintenance, but they're in a foreign city. They can't go and just, you know, grab breakfast on their own or anything. No, so and they won't. No. <laughs> so, 
Mm-mm, not interested. Yeah. Yeah. They so. do that. Oh, man. Yeah, my parents do not. St- Although my dad stayed in an air mattress one time on the floor of my one-bedroom apartment. So That must have been intense. <laughs> yeah, it was my 30th birthday also. Wow. So, uh, it was real charged, yes. let's say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, parents, guys. I know. God love them. Right. Shout they out. With us. <laughs> Shout out, mom and dad. <laughs> love you. Thanks, Thanks for, for accidentally getting pregnant with me and <laughs> oh, keeping it. You were an accident? I was an accident. Wow. I was only, I'm only 16 months younger than my brother. Oops. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Stella finally got her groove back after giving birth. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should try this, you know, yeah. just some casual sexy times. And then, hi. There you are. My dad was supposed to get a vasectomy. Not so fast. Hadn't scheduled it yet. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) I always wonder about that because a lot of couples who are pregnant, they're like, will we ever have sex again after this? And in some cases, yeah, right away. Yeah. (laughs) And other cases that, well, in those cases, that leads to baby number three. That's right. Oh, I'm happy you're here. Thanks. Me too. I think that they're happy I'm here. Although my mom used to always say, all I wanted was a little girl and I got you. So that's Whoa. fun and super wow. baggage inducing. Let's unpack that. <laughs> Been trying for 32 years. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we got some lost boss bitches. We sure we'll do. Get into it. We'll um, get into it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first because I'm going to, I think some pronunciation shit might. Uh, Ooh, I'm. I'm I want, <laughs> Yeah, you're ready? You're yeah, ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Lay it on me. Okay, so my lost boss bitch is... I went to, into like a Catholic saint tear okay. recently, and I was just like looking at all the saints and like reliquaries and all this shit, because that's... I'm a single woman who, again, lives alone with her cat. So, Saturdays. <laughs> um, so, I found this saint. Her name is uh, Saint uh, Keteria or Quiteria. Uh, I couldn't quite get a handle on it um, from the I, internet. I, I feel like the the first go was good. Yeah, sure. Think Keter- I don't Keteria. Keteria. We'll do that. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. I feel like Keteria is a very Midwestern way of pronouncing it because mm-hmm. that's how I would pronounce it. <laughs> and no, then yeah. just a couple of Midwesterners bumbling around the language. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she was the daughter of a Galatian prince. Her father wanted her to marry and renounce Christianity. But uh, Kiteria fled, and her father's men found her at Air Sur Le Doir in Gascony. <laughs> that yeah. was definitely Midwestern. Um, she was beheaded on what? the spot. <gasps> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Her sister, Saint uh, Liberté, also suffered the same fate, was beheaded in the forest of Montes, and lies in a 14th century sarcophagus in. That is not uh, very nice. The Church of St. Jean Baptiste. So they got beheaded because they wouldn't renounce Christianity? Exactly. And the thing about her, too, is like there's a big family dynamic. Uh, and she's kind of... Um, okay, so here's her weird family situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Portuguese... And a lot of different like European traditions take her on um, as a symbol of strength and a symbol of resistance. She's a very like big... like strong resistance saint. Okay. I'd say that's why I chose her. Um, Portuguese religious traditions state that St. Kichiri was the leader of the non-tuplet sister, non-uplet sisters who were named, wait for it, uh, Emilia, Liberata, Gemma, Genebra, Germana, Basilisa, Marcia, and Vitoria. Uh, they were born, all of them, at once. What? <laughs> they just like were born born um, to an important Roman military official. 
their mother, disgusted at the fact that she had given birth to nine daughters all at once, as if she <laughs> were a common peasant, which is very, it's like a litter. Um, yeah, it's a lot of babies, but mm-hmm. I would be like, look at what I did. Yeah, she was like, I'm torn up. Get these out of my face. Oof. Uh-huh. So she told a maid to take them to a river to drown them. That's not very nice. No. Uh, their father didn't know what was going on. <laughs> he was, I was like, wait, you were pregnant? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Who are you? <laughs> Do I know you? Who, Jackie? Who, <laughs> Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> um, so disobeying her uh, boss, however, the maid gave the girls over to some local women who brought them out. Just a couple of local gals. <laughs> hey, you want <laughs> some babies? babies? We have all these babies, <laughs> yeah. and we just can't raise them all. Yeah. So... Exactly. So they grew up, um, and as adult women, they opposed the worship of Roman gods and were brought before their father, who recognized them as their daughters. How? Nobody knows. Uh, dad's intuition? Hard to say. Maybe well, they have the same nose. Oh, yeah, they uh, y- they usually come out looking like the dad, mm-hmm. but then they start changing, so it'd be... Yeah, it doesn't odd. say, because this is mostly like vague legend. Right. Um, I mean, we're believing that one woman gave birth to nine babies yeah. and then dumped them in a river. It's just science. Yeah, science, guys. Experience. Uh-huh. So uh, their father was like, okay, you're my kids. And then they're like, all right, well, because you're women, I'm going to marry you guys off because like that's what we do. So their father wanted them to marry Roman officers or suitors, and they refused, and they were imprisoned in a tower. You know, again, going with like the legend. Right. Um, but they escaped from their tower and liberated all of the other prisoners that were also in the tower, which is like, who's in that tower? That's though? a big Are tower. There in that tower. Yeah, maybe you should have been a little selective with who you release from you that guys tower. Go, but yeah. like, does that guy get to go too? The creepy guy that's been like <laughs> covered in blood. He should probably stay. Yes. Um, so then they waged a guerrilla war in the mountains against the Roman Empire, and Kiteria, she was like the head of it. So that she, again, it's like it's about all the sisters, but she's really like the main one um, that started everything. So, okay. So she, they were they were fighting, um, and she was caught and beheaded. Which uh, again, yikes! We mentioned that. Spoiler alert: We mentioned that before. But her sister Euphemia wasn't able to escape from the soldiers who pursued her. And was th- threw herself off a cliff. Whoa! Yep, and that is um, the it's called the Pineda Garris National Park, uh, Cliff of the Saint. It's called, and they say that a rock opened up and swallowed her on the spot, and a hot spring came from that. Okay. So again, it's kind of bonkers all over the place. Fun legend. I love a good fighting, legend. Anti-Roman Empire uh, in you know Portuguese. Uh, and yeah, so that's, I think that's all I want to say. Again, it's mostly Portuguese. It's a little bit like French um, in origin, but it's against the Roman Empire. It's very uh, Catholic centric. Um, it's very statehood. It's very like resistance stuff. So the Romans were Jewish, right? The Romans? Before, before, because they're the ones that mm-hmm. killed did they kill Jesus? Who killed Jesus? The Romans killed Jesus. Right. But there was a Jewish faction that helped that. But the Romans weren't. What was their religion? Just um, like the gods, I guess. All their old gods. They, um, oof. What Theology. Were what oh. were they? Let's look it up. I don't know. Because they had all, they're like how the Greeks had all those gods, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Roman religions. Guys. I hope you're learning something too. <laughs> I know, and not like, Whoa. screaming at I the. Don't, I don't know what were they were because they were. I feel like they, they were some branch of Christianity, but there were so many different Christian factions 
Happening? The most important gods to the Romans were the Greek gods from Mount Olympus. Okay, so they were still practicing the polytheistic yes. religion. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool. And then when people were like, hey, this Jesus guy is cool, mm-hmm. they got mad. Yeah. So. Yes. So it's kind of interesting, too, how this story where it's not like in the tradition of Roman and Greek gods feels that way mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's very lore-filled. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is that a thing? It's like beheading, capture, jumping freedom, off a cliff and making... Swallowing things. Being yeah. swallowed by a rock and making exactly. a hot spring. Litter of girls. Yeah. <laughs> Just some so, pups. There you go. You guys following? Did anyone follow that? I did. <laughs> Good. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, Kiteria, Saint Kiteria, Saint Kiteria. Thank mm-hmm. you for being. You're beheaded. welcome. I'm going to bow now. <laughs> That's what you do, right? Yeah, exit left. <laughs> so I'm also doing a saint. What? No, Abba? just Abba? kidding. That was a lie. I lied to you. <laughs> so you sorry. Just put the name Saint before whoever you were doing. Saint Margaret Fuller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a saint to me because nice. she's an American writer, a women's rights activist, and was associated with the transcendentalist movement, which I'm not Ooh, really going to focus on. Yeah. Because I tried to figure out what the transcendentalist movement was, uh-huh. and then I read like a paragraph of it. And I was like, mm. Isn't that like Walt Whitman? Like. Emerson, Leaves of Grass, like all the early um, writers in that vein. Yes, but it also has a religious contingency to it. Mm. I couldn't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I've got some Bachelor to watch, which, uh, by the way... I haven't watched the season yet, but I'm still reading the Vulture recaps because I love them (laughs) so much. I haven't read those. Allie Barthwell writes Mm. them, and she's fucking hysterical. Shout out to Allie Barthwell, Between Two Women of History. A third. Exactly. She will go down in history as the best bachelor <laughs> the best and bachelorette bachelor recapper. Recapper. Oh, so good. You're um, is it a good season? Uh, there's only been two episodes. Uh, it's it's hard to say. It seems like Ari is a garbage human. I think it's, again, it's really hard to say because they're either like boring right. or shitty. Is, which one is he? I can't tell. He hasn't like really dumped anyone yet. Like you really, I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, it's more of his... Theory. He's like, you can't tell if they're good or bad Bachelor until they've, like, fucked up a breakup. Right. You know, until they start getting to know people. But th- some of the women are, like, woof. You know? Like, what's going on here? E- yeah. They're very... And it's hard because as I get older and they get younger... Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, the chasm. The cultural chasm. It's a big one. Fast. Yeah. So. Well, anyway. I need to jump on. I was not going to watch this season mostly because... Um, my husband refuses to. Oh, um, no. <laughs> it's get on this Listen, train. Marriages are about compromise. It I is. should know. <laughs> we used to have a couple that we watched with, but they've yeah. since had a child and, uh-huh. um, maybe can't watch The Bachelor. I guess not. It's Come so on. weird. Or they what just don't want to invite us over every Monday to sit on their couch and watch it and yell at the screen. Oh my God. So it's really put a kink in our Bachelor watching, but no, you're I always miss welcome. it. Thank you. Watch with moi. I will come watch with y'all. Please. All right. Back to Margaret. Margaret Fuller. (laughs) (laughs) Again, American writer, women's rights activist, and associated with the transcendentalist movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was born Sarah Margaret, Sarah Margaret Fuller. I put the emphasis on the wrong name. Bye bye, Sarah. Bye, Sarah. No time for you. (laughs) Um, May 23rd, 1810, in Cambridgeport, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Ever heard of it? Beautiful town, I'm sure. Masshole. Masshole. (laughs) (laughs) She was the first child of Timothy Fuller and Margaret Crane Fuller. So Mm -hmm. she was named for her mother from her by 
you know, she mm-hmm. has one of her mom's names in her name. Boom. And she didn't want Sarah anymore. That's very like old West. I, I love when women's names are incorporated into their kids' names. I agree. It's I have like, the same middle name as my mom. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. What's your middle name? So boring. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of it Change when it. I got Margaret. <laughs> I'm Margaret now. I'm just my only name is yeah, that's Margaret. It. That's it. It's like Cher, but it's just Margaret. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool, cool choice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Timothy, her dad, taught her how to read and write at the age of three and a half. God, I feel like there's this through line with a lot of these lost boss bitches where they like they become literate like obscenely, obscenely young. early. Like they should be teething and they're like learning Latin. He's, well, wait for it. Uh-oh. He gave her an education that was only common among young men at the time. Um, and he forbade her from reading books that were typically encouraged for women, which mm-hmm. were etiquette books and sentimental novels. Whoa. Um, by 1815, mm-hmm. she was five God. He incorporated Latin into her teachings and she started Called translating it. simple passages from <laughs> Virgil. She just was fine. Just a simple just one. Just a simple one. Like easy ones. Like everyone chill out. Yeah. Okay? Guys, not, it's fine. She's fine. The conjugations are not that bad. Exactly. <laughs> it's a dead language. Okay. <laughs> she needs. It, yeah. And she's fine. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, during the day, her mother taught her household skills and chores. So mm-hmm. she was nice and well-rounded by five. <laughs> Um, eventually wow. her old pop Timmy, mm-hmm. uh, was elected to Congress in 1817. Mm-hmm. So he'd spend most of the year in Washington, DC, like six or seven months of the year. And while there, he received a note from her that mm-hmm. he kept that read on the 23rd of May, 1810 was born. She, by the way, she wrote this when she was seven mm-hmm. on the 23rd of May, 1810 was born one foredoomed to sorrow and pain and like others to have misfortunes. So very chill child. Wow. Um, and, and by the way... It was, and then she put a hand turkey. Right. <laughs> ah, ah, love ya. Bye. <laughs> um, very cheery little girl. By nine, she became her, began her formal education. And she okay. attended the Port School of Cambridge. Yeah, let's get real with her education right? now. Like, none of this dumb fucking This fluffy garbage. Latin shit. Yeah. Um, so she went to the Port School of Cambridge and then the Boston Lyceum for young ladies. That's not mm. how you pronounce it i'm sure but i don't know i think it might be is it yeah, good for me that is like latin okay oh, go me someone should pronounce something right <laughs> i think it's you i did it <laughs> um and she realized while she was there she didn't have much in common with the other girls because her dad started educating her so early mm-hmm. um but she returned home at the age of 16 to, and continued her studies on her own um, she read a shit ton of books and taught herself several modern languages mm-hmm. like you do. Um, and when she returned home, family friend Eliza Farrar, who is the author of the etiquette book, The Young Lady's Friend, tried to teach her feminine etiquette. Mm-mm. Um, but by the until she until Margaret was 20, but was quoted in saying she was, quote, never wholly successful. <laughs> Couldn't I feel you, her. Margaret. Couldn't break her. Nope. <laughs> and that's probably how still my mom still feels about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Margaret was hoping to support herself as a journalist and translation, translating shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Translator? W- translate. Thank you. <laughs> Translationist. All right, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but her dad unexpectedly, unexpectedly died in 19... 19- 1836 from Mm -hmm. cholera. So she found herself having to support her family because most of her father's fortune went to her two uncles and her two uncles were just like, thanks. Yeah. 
Fuck cool. your family. Gonna yeah. take all that money and they'll figure it out. Weird. Kind of shitty, right? Weird move. Yeah. yeah. So she took a number of teaching jobs, eventually moved her family to Jamaica Plains, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And she started to have um, what she called conversations with um, women. So it was essentially she started to have women's groups there. Mm. Um, and she intended those to be supplemental for uh, women's general lack of education at the time. So okay. she she served at this... Uh, actually, I don't give a shit about that. Um she was an early proponent of feminism and especially believing in providing education to women. Uh, she thought that once equal education rights were afforded to women, she believed that they would be able to push for equal political rights as well. Guess what, Margaret? Mm-mm. You're wrong. Not to bring it to you, we're still <laughs> we're garbage. still working on it. <laughs> yeah. um, she advocated that women seek any employment they wish rather than catering to stereotypical feminine roles of the time, such as teaching, she once said that, quote, if you ask me what office women should f- feel, I reply any. Let them be sea captains, if you will. I do not uh, I do not doubt that there are women well-fitted for such an office. Yeah. Sorry, Margie. Um, she also warned women to be careful about marriage and not become dependent on their husbands. As she mm-hmm. wrote, quote, I wish women to live first for God's sake. Then she will not make an imperfect man for her God and thus sink to idol idolatry mm-hmm. then she will not take what is not fit for her from a sense of weakness and poverty fucking oh, a jeez. um she also aboard slave aboard slavery the prison mm-hmm. system and believed native americans had been treated unfairly what yeah the crazy wow. Jeez, crazy we wrong. people that still have a long way to go currently i know she was got to that progressive stuff. way ahead of her time um, and oh 18, God, what happened to her? <laughs> Wait for it. In 1839, she was offered a job um, of the editor of The Dial, which is a transcendental journal um, by Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson. Ever heard of him? Oh. Um, he met her in Cambridge in 1835 and was quoted in saying, quote, she made me laugh more than I liked. Good for you. Wow. You're like, mm, this woman's funny and I don't like I don't it. like it. I'll employ her, but I don't trust <laughs> I don't her. Trust she's too funny. <laughs> um, she accepted his offer to edit the dial and began work for him in 1840, but she worked there. She edited it from 1840 to 1842, but was never paid her promised salary of $200 a year. Come on, Ralph. $200 a year. Can't afford it. You know, you take another 200 put that with another 100 you get as much as I'm paying my life coach later. <laughs> Yikes. And that was her salary that she never got. (laughs) Um, She was the first woman allowed access to the Harvard Library to research a book on the Great Lakes. And she was such a voracious reader that by the time she hit 30 years old, she was named the best read person, male or female, in New England. (laughs) Is there... It's like a listicle, like best red. Best red. <laughs> best red, 1830. Best hair, best red, mm-hmm. best shoes. Exactly. Too funny. Too funny. Way too funny. <laughs> um, so she wrote a serialized piece called The Great Lawsuit um, for the Dial, um, which was published in 1845. And, or no, no, no. She, she wrote it as a serial. It was originally titled The Great Lawsuit, Man Versus Men, Women Versus Women. Mm -hmm. Then it was expanded and published independently in 1845 and was titled Woman in the 19th Century, which is still a big feminist work. Ooh, I haven't read that. Have you? I have not. I want to check it out on the old Kindle. Yeah. Um, After completing it, she wrote to a friend, quote, I had put a good deal of my true self in it as if I suppose I went away now. The measure of my footprint would be left on earth. 
The work discussed the role that women played in America, democracy, and Fuller's opinion and possibilities for improvement. I feel like if we read it now, we're going to be like, wow, we have not gotten very yeah, far. I might be depressed. I might bring us into some kind of tailspin. Yeah. I mean, we're already kind of there, so maybe we should just say fuck it. We'll yeah, do it. Maybe. Um, so in 1844, she left the dial and joined the New York Tribune as the full-time book reviewer, the first full-time book reviewer in American journalism. And by 1846, she was the publication's first female editor. Mm. Um, so during her meteoric rise at the Tribune, she broke a lot of gender barriers. Uh, she took a lot of roles that were rarely allowed for women. And, um, she had a very strong personality. Mm. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Contemporaries say she had great confidence and a self barrier in her own capabilities. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, I know, I now know all the people worth knowing in America, and I find no. Oh, wait, no, she said. Oh. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that she said, I now know all the people worth knowing in America, and I find no intellect comparable to my own. Whoa. Yeah. Um, she also had a really bad temper. <laughs> Damn, I love it. I know. I love this shit. But again, I'm like waiting for the, the other shoe to drop, you know? Yeah. Um, her personality was polarizing, a lot of people said. Um, and she herself said, I am too fiery, yet I wish to be seen as I am, and I would lose all rather than soften away anything. I love it. Damn. So in 1846, the Tribune sent her to Europe, um, specifically England and Italy, for uh, for her to be their first female foreign correspondent. Mm-hmm. And she traveled from Boston to Liverpool in August on the Cambria, a vessel that used both sail and steam, not to brag. Um, So over the next four years, she provided the Tribune with 37 reports while she was there. And uh, Mm. she met a bunch of literary figures of the day, um, notably Italian revolutionary Giuseppe Mazzini. And then in 1848, she secretly married his associate, Giovanni Angelo Ossoli, a former marquis disinherited by his family because of his support for the revolutionary Mazzini. So they kept their relationship under wraps for a while. And I think that was mostly because she had kind of said that she'd never get married Mm -hmm. um, because because of, you know, how she looked at women's role in relationships and stuff. But this guy must have really done her right. Oh, those Italians are so romantic. So romantic. Um, their relationship was kept, and then their b- birth of their son, Angelo Eugene Philip Osley, um, they became less secretive. Then they decided to go back to the States in 1850. She's 40 at this point, and she wrote to a friend It has long seemed that in the year 1850, I should stand on some important plateau in the ascent of life. I feel, however, no marked and important changes as yet. Also that year, she wrote, I am absurdly fearful and various omens have combined to give me a dark feeling. Whoa. So she's like, it's 40s fucking fire. And then she's like, what the fuck is happening to me? Yeah. It seems to me that my future upon earth will soon close. (laughs) I have a vague expectation of some crisis. I know not what. Damn. You want to guess what year she died? Uh Uh-oh. 1850. Holy shit. She just, she knew... A few days after writing her friend, she, Giovanni, and Angelo boarded a boat to make the five-week journey back to the States, and then they hit a sandbar mm. 50 meters from Fire Island outside of Manhattan, and she Love was... Love Fire n- Island. The, it's, <laughs> it's so great. Great party spot. Um, and she was never seen again. Wait, she was never... What about the rest? Well, so there's a big explanation. The... The on their journey over, the sea captain died. Mm. Okay, so the second mate took over command. Mm-hmm. 
um, which may have been why he didn't realize you shouldn't run into a sandbar. Okay. So they ran into a sandbar. The ship was sinking. As that was happening, people on shore were more um, worried about taking, making sure the cargo, they got like what they wanted out of the cargo and weren't helping people. So she, her, her husband was swept away by a great wave (laughs) and that was all died. They all, she and her husband and her son all died. Some people lived, but she was not one of them. That is very sad. Yeah. She knew. She knew. She knew knew what was happening. Something was afoot. Yep. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. But what an extraordinary life. And in 40 years, she did all that. I know. I'm like, man, I got a lot of work to do in eight years. I know. I'm like whittling it down, (sighs) too. I don't want much time. (laughs) (laughs) To read all the books to make people say I'm the most well-read in California. I know, right? That's never going to happen. Although the bar's very low these days. That's true. I'm going to try to read 24 books this year. Ooh, I think you can. I think I can. Yeah. Have you started what? I'm like halfway through one of them. What book? Um, It's called The Forgetting Time. It's fiction. It's about a kid that's remembering his previous life. Cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I read a, a Reddit strand very close to that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, about children's past lives. Send it to me. I fucking will. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about it. Pretty <laughs> That's sure. the book I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> reading the same thing. I love Reddit threads. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me up at I'm night. I'm going to that shit because it's fascinating. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Life coach. Yeah. That's amazing. I can't. I want to read some of her shit. I do, too. Um, I'm sure she wrote many. She wrote a lot of poems and stuff, too. Mm. Um so yeah, check her out. Margaret Fuller, 1810 mm-hmm. to 1850. A lot of shit was done in those 40 years. Wow. Good on you, lady. Man, I love it. Yeah. All right. So that's our first Lost Boss Bitch of uh, 2018. I feel good. Do you feel good? Do you love it? Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, our next guest that will be hitting the mics with us mm-hmm. is uh, Sommelier. Yeah, that's right. Jessie Birschbach. She brought us some very, very fancy beer. It was amazing. It was the most exclusive beer in... World, but uh, maybe ish. She okay. also brought us books and magazines and stuff. She brought us. She was a shit. real gift giver. I know. It's like bar is high. Other guests. I know. Bring us like, shit. Please, can you bring us <laughs> gifts for doing <laughs> us a favor? Right. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, you're gonna get a lot out of this, including our friendship. So exactly. bring us, bring us gifts, bring us offerings. Please do. She's wonderful. Stay tuned next week for her interview. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Lost Boss Bitch is hosted by me, Lindsay Herbert Silberman, and me, Rebecca Lieb. We're produced by Sammy Junio, and our music is by Chiffon Mist featuring Cassandra Violet. You can find the podcast at bossbitchpodcast.com. If you're listening on iTunes, Instagram is Boss Bitch Podcast, Twitter is Boss B Podcast, Facebook is Boss B Podcast as well. Thanks for listening.